established. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to, you know, talk about being established in the word. Established. So just some definitions. To be established, having existence or done something for a long time and therefore recognized and generally accepted, like a company, right? A company that has been existed and done something for a long time and therefore is recognized and generally accepted. Another definition, to set up a firm and permanent basis, to be established on a firm and permanent basis. So, you know, I'm even thinking our faith, actually, Christianity is a well-established faith. You know, that's the, the biggest faith that people are actually put their, their faith in. They put their faith in the Word of God. Um, so, but also, I think even more powerful than statistics and that kind of stuff is our personal story. Is how we have seen God proven His unshakable promises to be fulfilled in our lives. And so maybe just to give an example from my life, just a, a one situation, you know, I think when I was in my 30s, mid-30s actually, in my mid-30s, I'm now 42, so seven years back around that time, I think it's nothing major happened, not, no, you know, no tr trauma or anything really major happened, but I just got to a place in my life where I hit a wall. And that can shake you. <laughs> You're just trying to move your life forward and it just doesn't happen, or at least not how you pictured it when it comes to, you know, finances, um, relationships, personal aspirations I had. And you think at your mid-30s, you're just at a different place. And then that doesn't happen. And it can actually shake you. And it can actually mess with you. And so you actually have to make some decisions. And I think for me, what it came down to was to hold on to certain things for the wrong reasons. Maybe because of fear or control, actually. You know, none of us is safe of this. Um, so I think I got eventually to a point where I just realized I need to let go some things and really trust God with it. <laughs> you know, you can read your Bible and you can pray and all of that, but still you're holding on to something. And I just got to a place where I just said, okay, well, then God, you take over. <laughs> what that's going to look like, I have no idea. So I had to make some choices. I had to find a job. I had to get employed again because I was self-employed before and stuff like that, you know, things I didn't want to do, but I had to do. I had to actually change it. Uh, uh, um, had to make some choices when it comes to relationships and um, stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> that's good, right? But when you come out of it, so now... I'm looking back seven years later and I, I, all I can say is thank you, Jesus. And that isn't because I let go and then everything turned great because that's actually not what happened. <laughs> you know, did all my dreams come true? No. <laughs> did I come closer maybe any of my desires and my aspirations? Yes, I came closer. Is everything perfect now? A hundred percent no. <laughs> Did something actually change in me? Yes. Have I arrived? A hundred percent. No. Because I think sometimes we can talk about these unshakable promises of God and we think, then I have it and then everything's going to be awesome. And it's not. You know, I don't know what it is for you, what your aspirations are, what your dreams are, goals, um, 
your year's resolutions, whatever you want to call it. But what I found is like we get to something or we, we receive something from God, a blessing, a promise, whatever is fulfilled. Actually, it does happen. Then what? A whole nother set of challenges open up. If you're believing for having a child and then you have a child, a whole nother set of challenges are going to open up. If you're believing maybe a small thing, but it's actually a big thing for an apartment, and then you have an apartment, a whole nother set of challenges are opening up. If you're believing for your dream job, and then you get it, and then a whole nother set of challenges are opening up where we need to trust God. So I don't think we ever actually going to arrive. It's not like a finish line, a race and a finish line. And then we made it. That's going to happen when we're in heaven. <laughs> But as long as we're on earth, there's always going to be disappointment, challenges in the midst of all the good things too. So what, when I'm looking back, what I, what I see now is maybe I hit a wall and I was trying to push through that wall. But all I got was bruises and a headache because I tried to keep going in my own strength. And when I let go... I felt like God had actually lifted me up the wall and now I'm walking on a whole different level. And again, that doesn't mean that everything is fine now, but it, it opens up a whole nother, sometimes even more challenges, but you've also grown in it to actually, you know, and, and not even just to know practically, like to, to, to you know, from experience, you, you learn obviously things, but I think you also learn what to do right so you maybe don't always know the answer right away for the next problem but you know where to go and I think that's a great place when you know when things don't work out when crisis does happen when the, the, the your ground is shaking where to go you know where to go go to these unshakable promises of God the word of God do you know where to go when things fall apart, when things get tough and rough and shaking. Do you know where to go? The house of God is a place where to go, a great place to go. Do you know what to do? Do you know to pick up the Bible and fill yourself with the promises of God, with the Word of God, dig a well? Do you know you can take communion in those moments? And again, it, it's not like a magic wand, everything's gone, but it's going to strengthen you. It's going to encourage you in the promises of God. Do you know what to say? Do you know how to speak God's promises over your life, God's word over your life? What is a word from God that you are holding on? It could be one scripture. It could be one song that's based on scripture. It could be one word from his mouth one word from his word of God can actually carry you and strengthen you and help you grow in these in these uh, situations and so with that in mind and I want to bring my first point which is actually I want to read a scripture first <laughs> um, you know To be established in the Word, I think, is so powerful. And that's actually one of the decisions that I made. Not that the Word of God wasn't important to me before, and I, I was reading the Bible, and I was taking it serious, you know. But sometimes you just got to make a decision. I'm going to set my mind on that. A conscious decision, I'm going to get established in the Word. I'm going to dig a well. 
so deep that I can draw from it every day. And you know, actually, the best time, I think, to dig a well, spiritually speaking, is in the good times. And that sometimes we can forget it. But actually, the best thing is to, to dig a well in the good times because you might not have the strength to do that in the weak times, in the tough times, but then you can draw from it. But you know, wherever, wherever you're at, I think it's always good to start somewhere. Wherever you're at, it's, it's always good to start digging a well, digging into the Word of God, establishing yourself in the Word of God. And so I want to read the scripture from Colossians 2, 6 to 7, and it says, And now... Just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust Him too for each day's problem. Live in vital union with Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and draw up nourishment from Him. Um, see that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth, the Word of God you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all He has done. So, First of all, I believe to get established in the Word of God leads to growth and blessing. You know, um, it says in that scripture to let your roots grow down into Him and draw up nourishment from Him. So think a tree, right? A tree grows his roots down and then draws nourishment from Him. Nourishment is important for us to live, like physically speaking, right? We need food, not just once a week, once a day. Uh, apparently, apparently, I get really cranky if I don't have food three times a day. <laughs> but anyway, we need food, not just once a day, once a month. We need it actually multiple times a day to be happy <laughs> and to be nourished and to be growing and healthy, right? So... I love that, you know, like God gives us these pictures of like food, right? We need food. Kids need healthy nutrition, healthy food in order to grow and be healthy. So like food, you don't just eat. You don't eat to be loved. Like kids don't eat their food to be loved, although they might do it so the parents are happy <laughs> and leave them alone. But you know, you don't eat food so you are loved and approved by your parents. You eat food and you put food in your kids because they need it to be healthy. So I like that picture that, you know, the Word of God is not a have to, a must, a law. Now from today on, I'm going to read the Word of God every day and it's a law and then I'm going to be stressed out and I'm not going to do it anyway. But maybe rather we can see it like food that nourishes you. So I'm not going to read the Bible to be loved by God. He loves me anyway, accepts me anyway. But I, I nourish myself from the Word of God so I can grow and I can be healthy and strong and actually blessed. The Word of God is like food. If you just put it on the table and you look at it or you just leave it in the fridge, it will actually go bad. It's not going to help you. But when we use it and cook it and make a meal of it and present it and share it and eat it and digest it, then it will actually really strengthen us. So the same with the Word of God. It's not going to help by just having the Bible sit there or even just reading it, but actually taking it, using it, sharing it, digesting it, building it, getting established in it. 
And you know, sometimes I think, I'm just thinking about the scripture that Andres just shared before in um, Ephesians 3.20, where, you know, it says, Now to him who is able to immeasurably more, sorry, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. If we actually do that, it can be a bit scary. <laughs> Because when you act on it, it might get uncomfortable. Because it's actually going to help us grow. And growth never happens in a place of comfort. And so, you know, this sounds like all nice. But when we actually do it, it's going to mess up your world. <laughs> for the good, though. For the good. Because you're going to keep growing. But it also means you're going to get, un it's probably going to get uncomfortable. Imagine that. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. More we can ask or imagine. So what are you asking God for? What are you believing God for this year maybe or for your life? What are you asking Him for? Because I think if we're not asking Him for more or stretching our faith that way and let, we actually need to depend on Him. If I honestly, I honestly believe that when, when, when you just do what you do and you're capable of doing, you don't need God. And I understand how sometimes and actually our faith can get a bit dull or boring or I don't know it's just something you can get a habit but when we actually choose to act on the word of God it's going to turn our world upside down for the good when we choose to say God I don't know how you're going to do that and of course we're going to add wisdom and all of that we're not just going to make stupid things you know to do whatever pick up the 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 scripture from Hannah on tithing if if you're not tithing maybe that's something you can Test him in this. He says it. It's going to turn your world upside down for the good. And I think that's actually where our faith gets exciting. And you know, another thing that I love is it actually leads us into blessing. And I want to read this scripture because I, I actually just want to read it over you because maybe some of you need to hear this. Psalm 1, um, 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. I actually believe, and I, this is what this scripture is saying, blessed is the man who walks in the count, not in the counsel of the wicked and all of that, but actually delights in the law of the Lord. So when we actually delight in the law of the, the, the word of God, when we're taking it, when we're eating it, when we're digesting it, when we're getting established in it, it will actually lead to a blessed life. Does it mean everything goes great? <laughs> but It's going to be a blessed life. Number two, to, est to be um, established in the word leads to joy and thanksgiving. So in that scripture, in Colossians 2, it says, Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. And I love that because, again, we face challenges. Our world is shaken. You know, happiness, happiness versus joy, right? It's like... I'm sure there's lots that can be said about it, but I actually Joyce often says, you know, joy, so happiness comes from what happens. But joy comes from a relationship with Jesus. And 
I think that that is actually, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's you know, makes sense. But the way we live, I often is, I, th I think we often live still for happiness to get happy. And there's nothing wrong with being happy, by the way. This is awesome if you're happy, you know. Um, happiness is, is great and should be enjoyed and should be present in our life at some point. But I don't think we can build our life for happiness. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone needs to decide themselves. But imagine if happiness depends on what happens, then this can look really good for some and really bad for others. But joy comes from a relationship with the Lord, then you can always be joyful. And in Philippians 4, I think this is actually one of the key scriptures in the Bible. Philippians 4 it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So rejoice in what? Rejoice in your holiday. Rejoice in your circumstance. Rejoice in your success. Rejoice in the weather. If you have all of that, be happy, awesome, for a moment, till it's gone. <laughs> But rejoice in the Lord. Let's say this, rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> He says, I will say it again, just because it is so important and just so you don't forget and just so you're actually going to do it. Rejoice in the Lord and bring your requests and your prayers with thanksgiving. You know, it's good to ask God for things. I think that's what we've been encouraged with the other scripture. Let's ask Him for things and let's bring our thanksgiving while we ask. But not alone because of what He has done. Although, again, looking at over my last seven years, I can just truly say, look at what God has done and thank you, Jesus. I think, you know, what has God done in your life, in your family, um, and, you know, personally, I love to journal and it's been actually awesome <laughs> to read my journals from back then and what I have learned. And, you know, you can even say with my story, right, that I shared, yeah, but maybe this would have turned for good anyway. And maybe it would have. But I remember and I was reading in my journal the, the words from God's word that I had held on that I had spoken, that I had prayed and how He had spoken to me through His Word. And so I think there's absolutely a connection to what God has been doing in my life because sometimes I wouldn't have done certain things if it wasn't the Word of God speaking to me. You know, but whatever it is, if you journal, I think that's great. Joyce actually was mentioning last service, uh, last year, you know, why don't we make a list or, but whatever it is that you want to do, what you're thankful for. But I think it's good sometimes to just stop for a moment, not to live in the past, but to stop for a moment and look back what God has done and then share it with someone. Share it maybe with someone who needs to hear this or share it with someone you trust or I don't know, but just looking back, taking stop and say thank you thank you Jesus for what you have done but not only because of what he has done 
but because joy, rejoice in the Lord because we have a relationship with Him. And just quickly, some scriptures here. Psalm 19, 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Psalm 92, 4. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Psalm 100, verse 2. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Nehemiah 8, 10. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Bible is filled with scriptures like that. That says when we delight in the Lord, when we delight in His Word, when we get established in His Word, it will lead us to joy and thankfulness. Amen. And my last point is established in the Word leads to Jesus. Again in the Colossians 2. It says, and now just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust Him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with Him. And I did refer to that last week a bit. You know, it says vital union. It's not just a nice idea. It's not just a good idea. It is a vital union we need with Jesus. As humans, we need the air to breathe. We need water to live. We need food to be nourished. I believe we need Jesus to do life. And why? Look at this, Colossians 1:15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rules or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, and He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Why do we need Jesus? Because everything and all things and everything and all things are created for Him, through Him. Everything is in Him. We need Jesus. Maybe we need Jesus because we actually can't save ourselves. Maybe we need Jesus because we can't fix ourselves. Maybe we need Jesus because He is everything to everyone, in everyone. Everything is created from Him, through Him. Maybe we need Jesus because He is the author of your life. And maybe we're actually not going to be fulfilled unless we connect. And He has made a way to be reconciled to the author of your life. And only then we can actually live the life that we're called to live. Maybe we need Jesus because you're called for greater things. Maybe we need Jesus because He has you here for such a time as this. Maybe we need Jesus. Maybe you need Jesus. Because He's everything. Amen. If I have Jesus, I have everything. 
And I, be, I, th I think as believers, if we are at that place, that's a great place to live life from. That's an exciting place that we have in our faith. That's not going to be boring and religious and filled with law. That's actually exciting. That's going to keep us growing. That we're going to see the blessing of God in our lives. So to come to an end here, I just want to leave this question with you. What are you wanting to do this year to be established in the Word of God? But maybe to break it down and bring it closer, can we say, what do you want to do this week to actually start getting established in the Word so that maybe by the end of the year, you're going to see some of these fruits already come out of your life? What a life to live.